In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Two from the twelve disciples went to the Lord Jesus Christ and told him, we want you to do whatever we ask. And many times, actually, we have the same attitude when we pray. When we pray, our attitude like James and John. We want you to do for us whatever we ask. And many times, God actually doesn't do whatever we ask of him. And this can make many of us start to question, <coughs> what is the benefit of prayer? God promised us, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it will be open to you. Then if we ask and we don't receive, why we ask? Why we pray? God will do whatever he wants to do, regardless if we ask him or we don't ask him. So today I like to elaborate more about this. Let's start with the story of James and John. The Lord told them, you do not know what you ask. You do not know what you ask. To sit on my right hand and on my left hand, you are motivated by vain glory. Because in the mind of James and John, Jesus will be king of Israel, earthly king. So they want to take the two prominent positions next to him. That's what they meant on my right hand, on my left hand. So the Lord, when he told them, you do not know what you ask, meaning, I am not an earthly king, but a heavenly king. People who will sit on my right hand and on my left hand definitely will not be you. And it is not mine to give. But it is determined by God the Father who will get this honor. Because there are people more honorable than John than Jean. St. Mary the Mother of God and St. John the Baptist who actually the Lord said about him, he is the greatest among those born of women. That's why in the icons, we have St. Mary, the mother of God, on the right hand of the Christ, and on the left hand, we have John the Baptist. So the Lord told them, you do not know what you ask. And also, you want the honor, but in order to be glorified with me, you need actually to suffer with me. That's why he told them, are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? What is this cup? The Lord actually, in Gethsemane, he spoke about this cup and said to the Father, Father, if it is your will, uh, 
I, I am going to drink from this cup. The cup actually is the sins of the world. Because Jesus, as the Lamb of God, he came and carried the sins of the whole world. And he offered himself as a sacrifice, as a ransom. As you heard in the Gospel of today, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So this was the cup. So the Lord told them, for me, in order to sit at the right hand of the Father, I have actually to drink from this cup, to carry the sins of the world, to offer myself as a ransom for the life of the world. And the baptism that he spoke about, it is the baptism of the blood. Because Jesus actually was smeared with blood from the scourging, from the crucifixion, from all the, the crown of sword, from the nails, from the uh, spear. So the Lord Jesus Christ, his body was smeared with blood. It was like a baptism. Of course, they did not know what is the cup and what is the baptism. But they answered and told him, we are able. So Jesus told them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink. And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But not on the same scale, not on the same level. James and John, as apostles, they carried the sins of their people, not in the same way that Jesus carried our sins on the cross, but meaning they uh, supported the people, they prayed for them, they offered sacrifices for them uh, in the divine liturgy. So, the priest actually, uh, when he hears the confession of the people, usually when he stands before God, he stands as intercessor for the sins of the people and for his own uh, iniquities. So the Lord told them, yes, you will be apostles, you will be priests, and you will be intercessors for the sins of the people before God. So that is the cup, and what about the baptism? We know that James was the first one to be martyred among the apostles. And we read this in Acts chapter 12, that Herod arrested James. James, by the way, he preached in Spain. And after he preached Christianity in Spain and returned it back to um, Jerusalem, Herod arrested him and killed him by the sword. And this pleased the people. So also his body was smeared with blood because he shed his blood for the name of Christ. As for John, although he was not martyred, but he suffered in his life. He was exiled to Patmos and he suffered all his life from, uh, because 
he was preaching Christ. So both of them actually drank from the cup and were baptized by the baptism of um, suffering. This is the baptism that the Lord referred to. And yes, they are honored. As the Lord promised us, if you suffered with me, you will be glorified with me. So they are glorified. The Lord said to the 12 apostles, you will be seated on 12 thrones and you will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. So they are honored with the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he told them, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. You will be honored, but not in the right and left place. Many times when we pray, we don't know what we ask. That's why the Lord, when he hears our prayer, he will say, you don't know what you ask, as he said to James and John. But when we trust God and we give him our whole trust that he will do the best for us, that's why we tell him, your will be done. Yes, that's what I want, but I am sure that I don't know what I'm asked for, or what I ask for. But I trust your will. I trust your wisdom. I trust your judgment. So do for me as it pleases you. Also, many times when we ask, we ask things that can hurt us. Like a child, he can ask for a knife and the knife will, will hurt him. So many times, because we are children spiritually, we are not mature spiritually, we ask for things that can hurt us. And God, because he loves us, he will say to us no, in order to protect us from our immaturity, from harming ourselves if we get what we want. Many times, actually, if we insist on what we need and we refuse completely the will of God, then God actually may give us what we need, not according to his will, but to discipline us, to tell you, that's what you need, go, try it. Many parents do the same if their children insisted on something, they will give it to them because they did not trust their parents. So they will learn when actually they will suffer from their own choices. This happened with the children of Israel. The children of Israel insisted to have a king. And God actually advised them through Samuel that God, he is their king. Let them trust God and walk under the leadership of God. But they insisted and they wanted to have a king like all other nations. And God agreed and he gave them Saul and then David and then Solomon. After this, the kingdom was split into two kingdoms 
And actually, when we read the history of the kings of Israel, it was not a good history at all. Many wars, many oppression, suffering, as the Lord told them. They refused to be under the leadership of God. And they chose for themselves a king. And because of this, they suffered all their history. So sometimes God gave us what we want to discipline us in order to understand that what we insist on not the best thing. It's better to trust his wisdom and to yield to the, the will of God. Also, uh, sometimes God tells us no in order to experience his grace. Like what happened with Saul, St. Paul. He asked several times to be healed from body illness. He called it the thorn of the flesh. But the Lord told him, no, I want you to experience my grace. Once you are strong, you will trust your health and your strength and your power. But if you are weak, you will rely on me. It's opportunity to experience the abundance of my grace to you. And St. Paul yielded to the will of God. And he experienced the grace of God. And St. Paul said, when I am weak, I am strong. When I am weak in the flesh, in my body, but I am strong through the grace of God. Also, many times when we ask for something, we don't know the bigger, the big picture. <coughs> We ask for what we need, but we don't understand the big picture. Many times in ministry, people come and ask things. And when actually we see the big picture, we see that, no, it cannot be done this way. It, it, it will hurt the, the, the whole uh, picture. So, again, we insist on something that makes us happy. But we should actually trust the wisdom of God, who, who is the Pantocrator, who actually managing the whole world, the whole world. Uh, and life must go on. Life must go on. Meaning what? People have to die and people have to be born. So the world will go in, in its course. So many times when, for example, we pray for sick people to be healed, I am focusing on a very small part. And I, I want this person to be healed. But in the big picture, the life has to go on and people have to die, people have to be born, so life uh, can go on. Can you imagine if every person who is sick 
and we prayed for him and God healed him and nobody is dying, then how the world will survive? So in the course of the world, people will die, people will be bored, and that is how it will go. Then let us come to the question, what is the benefit of prayer? If at the end, in most of the cases, God will do whatever he sees right. And if we insist and God will give us what we ask for, it will be like a form of discipline to us. Then what is the benefit of prayer? What should pray? Why we should uh, stand before God? Actually, standing before God and just saying to him what we want, this in itself will give us peace and will give us joy. God actually, when we stand before him and share with him our prayers, definitely he will grant us his peace. Especially if we are yielding to his will. So maybe I'm troubled because a loved one is sick and I want him to be healed. So when I stand before God in prayer and pray trusting his will, I will end the prayer having peace and joy in my heart. Because I know at the end, God will do the best for this person, whether to heal him or whether uh, not to heal him, this will be the best. The story of Hannah, the mother of Samuel, give us indication how prayer in itself bring peace. Regardless whether we will get what we asked for or not. Hannah was troubled because she didn't have children. And uh, in the Old Testament, having children was a sign of blessing from God. Why? Everybody was expecting the Messiah. Then if I don't have children, this means the Messiah will not come from my descendants. <coughs> but if I have a children, children, whether males or females, there is a chance that the Messiah will come from my seed. So it was in the Old Testament when somebody doesn't have children, people reproach her that she is not blessed by God. If you remember uh, Elizabeth, when she became pregnant with John the Baptist, she said, God, take away my reproach. God takes away, took away my reproach. So Hannah complained to her husband. Her husband told her, what can I do for you? I am not God. You are for me better than 10 children. So, but I cannot do for you, for you anything. And she was upset, disappointed. 
refused to eat, refused to celebrate. So at the end she decided to go and pray. And she prayed. And she talked to God. And after she prayed actually, the priest, Elijah priest, rebuked her, thinking that she was drunk. So even after she prayed, the priest did not deal with her well, but rebuked her harshly. He thought she, is a dr- she was drunk. But the Bible says to us that after the prayer, her face became fe- peaceful, did not it, it change it. Uh, and she went and she celebrated and she ate and with her family. Although God did not appear to her, Archangel Gabriel did not appear to her to tell her you will have a son. But just standing in prayer before God give her peace. Uh, that exactly what St. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. He said, be anxious over nothing. And in everything that you are worried about, by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Just let your requests be made known to God. And the result is that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will keep or guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So when I put my request before God, whether he will say yes, whether he will say no, whether he will say not now, but later, regardless of his response, God promised me to have peace. So when God said, ask and you shall receive, ask and you shall receive my peace, which surpasses all understanding. Knock and it will be open to you, so the doors of grace will be open to you, and you will experience my grace. So when we come to God in prayer, troubled, burdened, uh, <coughs> disappointed, have many issues in our life, concerned and worried about it, anxious, stressed. When we stand before God in prayer and we put our requests before him, definitely we will live with peace. We will live with joy in our heart, regardless if God said yes, or if God said no, or if God said not now. I will live with peace. So, <coughs> so we need to, to learn when we come in prayer, as the Lord taught us in the Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And definitely we will be granted the gift of peace. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, Guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.